Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sport and Limerick Soccer Podcast. Uh, unfortunately, we're down one man tonight and our usual contributor, Jason O'Connor, but we, we hope to have him back uh, as soon as possible. We have the ever-dependable Noel O'Connor here with us uh, to, to keep the show on the road uh, with Sport and Limerick uh, this evening. Noel, I suppose we'll start off with 3D United's uh, defeat last week, second defeat of the season to Kevin Teeley in Stradbrook. It was certainly an off-night in performance for 3D, considering the weeks that preceded it. Uh, Kevin Teeley were full worth for the win, really. God, they were, yeah, it was. A bad night at the office um, for Treaty. They seem to be very off, off form and off colour. Um, everyone seemed to be afflicted uh, with the same malaise, really. I suppose the only guy that I thought kind of battled away was um, Anto O'Donnell. Everyone else looked a bit out of sorts to me. Um, but you'd have to commend um, Cabin Teeley as well. They were certainly a very motivated group. Um, they seemed to have their homework done uh, in how to deal with... Treaty, you know, we spoke about their experienced backroom group and it certainly shone, uh, shone through the way they played. Um, they played nice and deep. They didn't come out and let um, Treaty get in behind them. Um, they counterattacked really quickly, used their pace, particularly in the wings, and they got themselves into great positions, particularly around the centre midfield, I thought, in the 1v1s. They seemed to be constantly running at uh, Clyde O'Connell and Jack Lynch who looked very uh, isolated and forlorn figures during large weights of, of, of the match. So overall, it was a commendable um, performance by Kevin Teeley, but certainly a disappointing one for Treaty. Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned, obviously, that, that Clyde and Jack enjoyed a tough night. There was a lot of players with low centre of gravity, quick feet, uh, a lot of pace in the Kevin Teeley team, quite direct as well, as, as you mentioned, in their, their running and, and isolating our midfielders. Obviously, as well, that... It stretched to maybe the full-backs, Charlie Fleming and Mark Ludden having a very tough night as well, Noel. Um, it's also, look, it's, it's not going to be a worry, I suppose, but it, we failed to win on the road um, this so far in the, in the first round of games. Uh, Tommy Barrett was very quick to dismiss that tonight when I said, it would, it was, did it worry him or frustrate him that we hadn't picked it up? Would you think that that's too early to, to be talking like that? I think it is. And um, to be honest with you, the, the situation that Treaty are in in terms of their inexperience and that I thought it was a bit of an advantage to them to be away to the likes of certainly um, Galway and Bray was the first game. It was a big game. We knew that Bray would have been one of the, the front runners and I suppose it's easier to set up away from home. Makers have hard to beat, you know, and the fact that they have those teams at home now in the second round, the, the Bray Wanderers, the Galways, um, the Shelburne's and the UCD's, There'll be a little bit of onus on them maybe to come out and play a bit, you know, because that's that's what you do when you're at home and uh, it'll, it'll bring its own kind of problems, if you like, for them. So I wouldn't really too, read too much into their home farm. Look, there were some very commendable performances while they didn't win. You know, they were excellent against Shelburne away. They were excellent against Galway away, you know, just to name two. The first game against Bray as well, they were full value for the point. But... Um, you know, the, certainly the second series is going to bring its own challenges to them because, you know, I think the Bray team, I know we'll be talking about it in a while, will be a different side, I think, than, than the Bray side they met on the opening day of the season. Yeah, and also as well, Noel, it just shows you, I suppose, that the cautious approach coming from the management team of Treaty is definitely uh, the right approach. It was evident from, from last Friday because... Um, and when I say cautious approach, I mean in, in saying that uh, we take it game by game because if you look at it, 
we finished off the first round of games. There was obviously huge positivity around the city and county. Uh, you know, great results, you know, picking up points against reputable sides away from home. But then it's, it's funny, like one bad night and one set of results going against you like last Friday and they found themselves joint third or fourth. And then you're gone to seventh place uh, at the end of the first round of games, which is actually, I can tell by the players' reactions, even though they're pretending not to say it does frustrate them, that that is the case. That's what they have to show for the understandings. Yeah, and I suppose it reads into what we say and people don't really get it. You know, it's a tough league. And the League of Ireland is a tough league, whether you're in the Premier Division and the First Division. And you're right, with all the positive results and performances that they've given, you know, they're still sitting in seventh place. Now, obviously, the upside of that, you're looking and say, well, they're three points off, um, off second place. And it is a very, very tight league. And, you know, the reality for Treaty is that they certainly need to keep in touch. I mean, a playoff place would be a massive achievement this season. And as long as they're within striking distance of that fifth place, you know, for as long as, as they can keep that towards the end of the season, you know, it'll certainly be um, a worthwhile performance. But certainly, like, um, looking at the second series now with, you know, Bray coming, you know, you Shelburne coming to the Marcus Field, you Galway coming to the Marcus Field, I think they're going to be a lot stronger than they were, say, when, when Treaty um, met them. And it's important that they kind of get back on track and get back to form um, as soon as possible. Yeah, you mentioned Bray. Obviously, Bray have hit, well, sorry, have hit the ground running hard in the last few weeks. They, they took their time to get to the season or to get to the pitch of it this season. They had a lot of draws. They weren't losing many games either. That that has to be said. They had a lot of draws and they were tough to beat. They certainly are tough to beat because they're the best defence in the division with only seven goals conceded, marshalled by Aaron Barry, who was a very good player for Derry City as well. Um, and, and he's backed with a lot of experienced players around him too. And all. It's going to be an exceptionally tough game. And as you said, probably a different animal from, from the one we faced uh, at the Carlisle Grounds on the opening day, where, as you mentioned at the time, you can catch teams on the hop on the opening day of the season. Yeah, I think so. And I suppose they've kept uh, five uh, clean sheets. <laughs> they're, on, um, they're looking for their fourth win in a row. So obviously their last four or five games, they've certainly hit form, I suppose, they are hard to break down, but outside, I think um, they beat Cabin Taley 3-0. They haven't scored a lot of goals either. Even in those victories, like they they really put to the pin of their collar, collar last Friday night against probably a better performing Wexford side, you know, with a new manager and, and a new player coach in, but they still managed to nick the win. Um, so I think it's going to be a really, really tough game. I see Gary Shaw still isn't 100% right. I, I saw him come on against Cole but a few weeks ago in the last 10 minutes I see he came on for Bray um, on 55 minutes on Friday night so he's obviously not fully fit yet but they had um, Joe Doyle to thank for a well taken finish from close range against a very resilient uh, Wexford side last Friday night Yeah definitely and I suppose in the opening game of the season one thing that was noted was that you had Connor Clifford that dropped very deep for possession a lot of times, Noel, and was kind of looking to spray the balls to either the fullbacks uh, or the wingers. But in a tight ground like the, the Carlisle grounds, a lot of those balls were then overhit. It didn't really suit where you were playing. Uh, Tommy mentioned it tonight when I was speaking to him that he thinks the markets field will suit Bray more. I certainly do think so as well. Obviously, the surface is very good for a football playing team, but it's also very wide as well, and they can expose the, uh, the, those spaces too if, if they're allowed to. Yeah, I think you're right. And in Brandon Kavanagh, they have a guy as well who's in the final third of the pitch who's capable of doing that. And he seems to be coming into a bit of form as well. And I suppose what will worry Tommy, I certainly would, 
worry me, particularly on the Cavantili game last week, was the torrid time that the two full-backs had as well. I know we mentioned uh, Clyde and Jack having their own difficulties, but um, Charlie Fleming, he seems to be struggling um, a little bit. Certainly he hasn't come back um, to, to real form since his suspension, and particularly in the last 10 or 15 minutes of games, he seems to really struggle in, in, in terms of his fitness. He hasn't seemed to got to the pitch, but most worrying of all, I thought, was the torrid time that Mark Ludden got. Um, we hadn't seen that really all season. He'd been so consistent and so comfortable there. He didn't seem to be ever under much pressure. But, um, you know, you, you do feel that other clubs will look at, um, say, the success that Cabin Teeley had um, last week. And certainly one of them will be to go in go into 1v1s um, against Treaty. And I'd add in the, the Cabin Teeley fullbacks. I thought they did a, a real good job on the Treaty wide men as well, particularly um, Zach O'Neill, a right back. Now, we do know that Matt Keane is more of a central midfielder, but certainly he's a right-footed player playing on the left. And Zach O'Neill certainly showed him inside a lot and made him play the ball backwards and sideways, which showed that they obviously had their homework done there. Yeah, so, certainly. And, and that kind of brings me to my next point, Noel. Um, Ed McCarthy and Matt Keane are very workmanlike players out on the wide. I know Jason O'Connor flagged this at the very start, that both of those players are either number 10s or central midfielders, respectively, uh, playing out in the wing, trying to do a job. And they have done that very well uh, for the first uh, few games of the season, uh, especially in the defensive sense, uh, you know, sitting in and, and helping the rest of their team and working hard. But do you think, you know, obviously you've Joel Kustrain, who's been lively when he's come off the bench twice, has been directing his running. Uh, Dean George showed glimpses of it. You'd almost be desperate to see almost both of those players in those positions without being too expansive, I suppose, in, in the next few weeks, if that was possible at all. Yeah, certainly. Particularly Dean George, I thought he was really good in that position uh, on the left-hand side against UCD, certainly for an hour, and it was his first game. And um, just, you know, we were hoping to see him again there. And uh, I don't think you have to be that expensive on, on both sides of the pitch, but you certainly need to be on one side. And if you did have the likes of Dean George there, you know, in that expansive role, you're thinking on the other side of the pitch, you know, can you just be solid and workmanlike, if you like, and get even if you're looking for deliveries, can the fullback create those deliveries, even if he's overlapping the, the wide player who isn't a natural wide player, if, if you like. But something I think that they need to work on if they are going to have those two players playing again is they certainly need to tuck in and give their two centre midfielders a dig out, particularly when their central attacks coming down the middle, because there was no sign of them when, you know, Jack and, and Clyde were kind of exposed and guys were running at them and going beyond them, taking on the two centre halves. So plenty of food for thought, I think, for the treaty manager and backroom staff this week that they certainly have a, um, a body of work to do. I thought uh, Cole Strain did quite well again. And I do think from what I've seen of him, certainly this year, that he probably has a bit more to offer in the middle. Um, I know, in fairness to Sean, McSweeney is, is is very good there as well. And the experiment of playing him up front, even though it was only for 10 or 15 minutes last week, didn't uh, didn't seem to create anything worthwhile. But um, there's still a maybe a body of thought, maybe that uh, Cole Strain, his best work for Treaty in the future may come from playing in, in a central role as opposed to a wide role. I suppose we got an insight into that in the, in the fact that Tommy did bring him on in that area or, or shift him into that area later in the game in an attempt to create something. Uh, obviously, Noel, when we played Bray at the very start of the season, it was literally ultra-defensive stuff 
uh, try and get out of there with a point, build confidence, build momentum. I think many people will probably, considering the, the home farm tree they have shown, many people will probably be expecting a, a different approach in terms of a slightly more adventurous uh, approach this Friday night at the Maxfield, but that also carries its dangers, as, as Tommy will be well aware. It absolutely does. Um, and this is, you know, what, what we said earlier on. You know, obviously, you know, the away trip is, is something else, but you're kind of going there with a siege mentality. It's a bit harder to create that when you're at home. There is a bit of an onus on the home team always to, to come out and play and go on the front foot and try and get up, you know, to try and get ahead in the game. Now, I, like from, from the performance last week, you would be thinking that, you know, you're saying that it's just an off night, that people will be very determined to, to raise last week, you know, individually and as a group, and that they're very well motivated this week and they'll, they'll really go for broke as such, which is something that you certainly like to see. So um, there's obviously a few question marks since last week and you would think that, you know, within that player group, they're talking amongst themselves and say, look, last week was, you know, was unacceptable and we can't, we can't replicate that performance again this week. So you would be hoping to see a very much different and resurgent uh, treaty performance this this weekend. Yeah, and Kieran Hannon looks like he has officially shaken off the groin injury. The, the treaty backroom team are expecting him to line out uh, on Friday night. There is massive concerns. It looks like Clyde O'Connell and Sean McSweeney may miss out, uh, particularly Clyde O'Connell. There's a, a severe doubt over him, Noel. In saying that, you know, there's players there on the substitutes bench and likes of Edo DeWire even coming back into that that'll be desperate to play. It's certainly not all negative when, when you lose players because some of those players will be itching to get a goal because they haven't really had a massive amount of opportunity uh, considering how well the team has done in the first weeks of the season. Yeah, I agree. Like, And look, there's probably a case maybe if Dean George is fit to bring Matt Keane into the middle. Uh, Colin McNamara, I think, is you know he's certainly done well Um you know, I think he played an hour, or, or sorry, did well for an hour. Was it against UCD a few weeks ago? Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too bothered if you like starting him. I don't think there's, you know, there's a K for putting guys on the pitch that are injured. I think Clyde obviously was struggling early on in the game, and he's the kind of player. Then if he is struggling, then you know there is a danger that he pick up another yellow card or maybe a red card because he'd be inclined to lunge at people, you know, when he's in trouble and that. So, and I and I think you need to show a bit of I show a bit of belief in those guys as well. Look, obviously, they've trained away. And, you know, if they're looking at guys that are being picked every week, even though they are painfully struggling, they're only 80% or 70 or 80 or 90%, I think it sends out the wrong message. Um, I'd have no doubt. Thought, in fairness to Ed O'Dwyer, I know he was only on for a short time, but he seemed to do very, very well. Mm. And uh, he, he certainly has experience. And, look, they're going to be chomping at the bit as well. So maybe it is a week just to freshen up a little bit and give these guys um, their heads and let them out on to the paddock. Yeah, absolutely. And this is the last game for a couple of weeks, Noel. And I know, you know, your every team will say that they'll be happy enough to go into a break now, but particularly Treaty, you know, that in fairness to them, as you, you, you and Jason both mentioned that you don't like the term amateur uh, with League of Ireland teams because the, the lads are trained at least three times a week as well as playing a game and obviously you've got your recovery sessions your physio so you're almost you're, you're almost full time in some ways without the morning sessions I suppose in, in the commitment levels but considering uh, the start of the season the hectic nature of the start and everything I think the two weeks uh, 
we'll break where you know they might have a few days off in between will probably be well earned and probably good timing as well yeah I think so look there's obviously guys carrying knocks and niggles and they haven't played at the level before we, we, we said about the toughness of us and the relentless of it you're training as you said three days a week you know you're travelling every weekend you know every minute of the game is, is tough you have to be added mentally and physically guys do pick up knocks and uh, I'm sure there's more than Clyde and Sean McSweeney carrying a few knocks and it's <coughs> it's vital that if they can to get a positive result this this weekend because the one great thing about a break is if, if you win you you know you have that good feeling for a couple of weeks before the next the next game and if you don't win or you know you're carrying that disappointment around with you until the next game but um they'll just have a few days to uh to recover, I think it's vital that they don't switch off totally. Um, there's obviously guys that need to work on their fitness as well, you know, in that break. And it's very important that they use that that break widely and don't think that, you know, oh, we have a week off, so let's let's go on holidays. Because yeah, there ain't any holidays when you're playing in this division. Yeah, it's too, it's certainly too early to be thinking like that after just a third of the season gone. Um, and and long one want to continue. Uh, I know Jason isn't here to battle with Noel, but I'm going to push you anyway for a prediction for Three uh, D United and Bray on, on Friday night. A score prediction, please. Right, but before I said that, I just want to quash any rumours that Jason was actually suspended for tonight. Um, <laughs> he, he hasn't received any suspensions, and no, he no, certainly no. was available. No, no, he he was. What would we say? He's a. Uh, He's, he, he kept that for on the field. He's not suspended off the field anyway. <laughs> yeah. So I suppose, look, and probably a little bit of my heart ruling my head here, but I'm, I'm going to go for a draw, a one-all draw. Um, while Bray haven't really conceded a lot of goals, they haven't scored a huge amount either. And I think that Treaty will be smarting from last week. And in fairness to them, up to last week, their performances have been pretty uh, good you know they go from good to very good and hopefully they'll that they'll bounce back this week with a good performance and a and a, a really important point which will stand them in good stead going into the break yeah i certainly hope hope you're right Noel. i'm just looking here i forgot that obviously normally i do one game each but you're going to be getting all four of the other games and a grilling on them anyway uh, this evening i suppose we'll start off with uh shelburne and galway that was obviously the first game ended in a and they'll all draw. Shelburne came out of there with a great result out of VMD's Park, considering they had a man sent off, Glenn McCauley, early in the first game. Uh, Galway are going there now. Shells are high-flying. Uh, you know, have great players come off the bench. Galway, even though they won last week against Wexford, they were very close to nil all draw, although Wexford had a bounce with, with Ian Ryan going in, maybe. Um, you know, where do you see this going? This is, is probably a bit of a pressure game for Galway, because, you know, if you were to predict it, you'd probably think about a Shells win. You would think about a Shells win, and it was actually Galway and Cork last uh, last weekend with Galway getting a late equaliser below on Turner's Cross um, after being down to 10 men. So again, a real real positive result for them and just showing that resilience while they're not firing on all cylinders, they're still hanging in there. And, you know, we're, we're kind of waiting for them to, to hit farm. It still hasn't happened. Like Bray, you know, we were waiting for them to hit farm and now they've, 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 they've three wins on the bounce. But uh, I'd actually go for... Uh, a win for Shelburne. I just think there's more goals in that Shelburne group and they seem to be on great form, particularly, I mean, a fantastic win for them last week against UCD and they'll be really on, on a high this week and I just feel that they might have too much goal threat uh, for Galloway and I'd, I'd go for a Shelburne win there. Yeah, and then to move on to, to Cove hosting 
Cork, uh, obviously Cork won the, the first game between these sides, it turns across 2-1, now Cove had great chances on the night and should probably have got at least a draw going on the chances uh, created and the season has ended up being quite poor the start of it to Cork, although they got a re- recently good result against UCD uh, as well and obviously beating Wexford. Um, it's 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 a funny one, uh, Noel, in that, you know, if Cork win, that really kind of almost condemns Cove to a season where you're battling it out in the bottom three or four, and obviously then it'll have other teams will have worries about will well Cork could hit form, you know, being a full time side. That's always the worry in the back of the minds that likes a treaty is that Cork will hit form at some stage. Yeah, I suppose one of the worrying things for treaty is you know when they look behind them, one of the teams behind them is Cork, mm. and I suppose we will be surprised if, if that's how it ends up at the end of the season that. And it'll be a great season for Treaty, certainly if, if they can finish ahead of uh, a Cork on the table. I think Farm, and I, I said it before, and having been involved with Cork a while back, Farm goes totally out the window in a in a Cork Cove game, whether it is a Munster Senior Cup or a, or a League Cup, or now the fact that they're meeting in the league. But um, I think, in fairness to Cove, they've probably been a bit in a bit unlucky in, in games. Uh, I know they went to goal up against that loan last week and ended up losing 2-1. You know they were beaten by Galway at home, but they were down to ten men, and there was and there was three penalties in it. So they're there, thereabouts, and I I probably go for a draw there again. Um, the fact that it's on in Cove as well, and while Cork's results have improved, they certainly haven't hit any great heights. And the fact that they were pegged back by a by a late equaliser against a ten man Galway team would just show you that they probably have have a bit more to do before they're. They're really at the form that they need to be, you know, to challenge in in in, in this league. Yeah, I certainly agree with you. Um, maybe I shouldn't have went with the Munster Derby first, but having some Munster bias, I suppose. But we have Athlone Town in UCD is now a very big fixture because Athlone bounced back last week from a defeat to Treaty. You know, that was a big test because they had a few results in a row. Now it was three defeats in a row uh, before that game last week. They they now host UCD. Who are coming off the back of a, a result they're not they haven't experienced much in, in this division at all. It's Shelburne beating them. Uh, this is this is probably huge, really, because if Shelburne do go on and beat Galway and at Lone and UC, maybe that's the first time you might see a tiny gap opening up in the division, even if it is only three or four points between two teams and the rest. Yeah, and I would think, I mean, at Lone came back with uh, an equaliser at the dead in the first match of the season, in the first season or the first match above in the Belfield Bowl now, and this match is on at loan and a lot of people might crib about the artificial pitch but UCD certainly won't and they would do most of their training and certainly underage and that like most of their matches they would have played them on on the 4G pitches anyway I'd have to say like from what I've seen of UCD and at loan in the last few weeks I think UCD are a, a better equipped side um, probably a bit more team bonding and cohesion between them as well I thought that there was a lack of a kind of a, a team ethic in the Athlone team. And because of that, I, I expect uh, um, UCD to bounce back with a win um, at the weekend. Yeah, and, and on a final note of predictions anyway, that I suppose we're going to nearly call it the curse of Adrian Finnan predictions might might have struck. I know it's early to be talking now, but like Kevin Teeley have certainly, they've surprised more than myself, but like no, I mean, Jason had, had tipped them to be bottom. I think that's already not going to happen uh, considering the results they've, they've picked up. Uh, it's particularly at home. I think four of the five wins, if I'm not mistaken, have come at home for, for Kevin Teeley. Very strong at home. They host Wexford. Uh, but 
in this division, although everyone now say maybe Kevin Teeley, if you were to look at it just on paper, should win this game. It, the first division's one does where you would not be surprised to see Wexford going there and getting a one win, would it not? No, and um, look, obviously, a couple of narrow defeats for Wexford, which, you know, for them are kind of like wins, you know, from where they were coming from, getting hammered 5-0 and being well beaten by, by Athlone. They were a bit unlucky last week. You know, Ian Ryan is in. I see Larkin Fitzgerald came on after an hour. Um, he may well get a start. You know, they'll be going to Dublin. It isn't a massive uh, trip for them. You, you you just feel that at some stage they are going to get a result. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if 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 they got a win a week um at the weekend. So I'm actually hoping that they do get the three points. And I think it'll it'll be good for the league as well. I am myself. I, I must say, nothing against Kevin Teeley, but I do actually hope Wexford can get off the mark. I, I think they've lacked a lot of luck. And there's another reason for that, because if they don't get off the mark against Kevin Teeley, they'll even be more desperate after the break when they host Treaty to get off the mark. So I'd be worried about that then. So, so hopefully Wexford can get off the mark, to be honest. Um, on a final note, Noel, to finish on a positive note as well, uh, Stephen Kenny, uh, a man who, who you would have been very close to in your days, managing League of Ireland, has, has named his... Uh, Ireland squad for the, the upcoming friendlies with Andorra and Hungary in June 27 man squad uh, we have we have a representative even though we're clutching at Satras I suppose in that in Chidozi Ogbene who spent the 2017 season uh, with us uh, in Lim- with, with Limerick FC you know with us I suppose uh, the old Limerick FC senior side um, it, it's obviously really positive though to see not just himself I suppose you've got Jamie McGrath who's a former Airtrusy League player come up to the ranks. We've got Danny Mandrew, who's currently at Shamrock Rovers uh, as well. It's it's positive all round, and and obviously we're going to claim Chidozi as well. Yeah, I think so. Look, it's great to see him. And look, he was a fantastic player in that season. He was so exciting. Like, and I mean, it's something that is so important. And we would have touched on last week. You know, that bit of pace. If a guy has a bit of pace and the ability to beat someone in in, in a one v one, I mean, that's why people enjoy going to games and. He created a lot of a real buzz and a real excitement around um, Limerick. He was a brilliant signing. Um, hadn't really got in against, you know, for Cork, albeit, you know, a very, very strong Cork team, but certainly took his opportunity here and obviously has gone from strength to strength. And uh, we'll all be rooting and hoping. It's, it's, it's great to see those guys come through. Um, Danny Mandrew as well, a very, very good player, was really talented, you know, when he was with Bowes, had, had a really good season and took the difficult decision, if you like, I mean, to go to Shamrock Rovers, which, you know, the expectation there and the pressure there is even up and he's come up with, you know, with a couple of great um, wins for him, winners for them in the last month or six weeks. So look, it's really good to see those guys. I see there's a great influx of uh, European players into the under 21 squad as well. Players from the Spanish league and the German league and that, and look, hopefully they all come through in the next few years because it, it would be great to see a strong um, Irish senior team and it's something that was has been on the slide in fairness for a few years. It was on the slide before Stephen got involved and um, he's doing the right thing. He's, if you like, having a good clear out and having a good sweep up and, and letting guys, you know, just build from the bottom and hopefully the people stick with him and, and, and stay behind him and give him his chance because he's a real genuine guy you know, and he loves Irish football and he's certainly well capable of doing that job, which is a seriously difficult job. And everyone on the outside thinks it's easy, but it, it, it certainly isn't by any means. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I don't know why people would want to stick with the tried and tested of we name a squad of experienced players and then 12 of them pull out 
the the week of the game, which is what seems to have happened to Stephen a lot. So you can definitely can't can see his his point in in picking maybe the more inexperienced players, try and give them a run in, and in some international experience as well, uh, because we have been let down in in my opinion by more more experienced players. But yeah, uh, it's great to have another edition of the Sport and Limerick Soccer Podcast. It's been another insightful evening uh, with with Noel O'Connor uh, in my company. Again, obviously, this we'll, we'll actually won't be here next week, Noel. We're going to take the break, like the electricity calendar, and recharge the batteries before the, we come back for the, the week before the Wexford game. Well-earned break for yourself, um, uh, keeping the, the show on the road, along with Jason throughout this. Um, and thanks for joining us once again. Okay, we'll see you soon. And we won't be going to Lanzarote like those uh, Premier League and First Division players for a week. The first week is always a week in Lanzarote. Yeah, unfortunately not. Rafael Rocca won't be paying for that for us.